As I promised in my last episode, here is the sequel to my episode on migration. This time I will bring you the latest developments in the EU migration policy regarding the two main routes by which people arrive irregularly in Europe. And we will see the impact that migration policies have in a range of different but related topics. Around 100,000 people have landed in Italy after crossing the Mediterranean in 2022, almost double the number from the previous year. Meanwhile, a new government has taken power in Rome, led by far-right Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni. One of its first moves was to jeopardize the activity of NGO vessels that rescue people at sea and land them on the Italian coasts. In one case, this led to a dispute between the Italian and French governments on where a vessel, the Ocean Viking of the NGO SOS Mediterranean, was to land 230 people. The ship eventually docked in France, provoking an earthquake in European diplomacy. The French government suspended its relocations of asylum seekers from Italy and pushed for an extraordinary meeting of European interior ministers. Marco Zanni chairs the far-right Identity and Democracy Group in the European Parliament. A member of the League Party, one of the parties in the Italian government, he defends his stance in this interview with our colleague from Radio 24 in Milan. The very subject of this multilateral voluntary redistribution agreement between some countries has yielded few results. Of the 8,000 people who in the framework of this agreement were supposed to be redistributed from Italy to these countries, including France, by the end of this year, I think we are down to 134. In other words, it is clear that this agreement has not worked, it is clear that sitting down at those tables has not worked, and it is equally clear, unfortunately, that today the only weapon Italy has in order to make itself heard and to spur not only the allied countries but also the European institutions to act is to force the hand, even through unilateral actions. The European Commission tried to limit damage and losses by proposing to member states on 22 November a 20-point plan for the so-called Central Mediterranean, which follows the stretch of the Mediterranean Sea between Northern Africa and Italy. Tunisian migrants are the most frequently detected in this region, but also more recently Egyptian and Bangladeshis. The plan is based on three pillars, collaboration with partner countries and international organizations, a more coordinated EU approach to search and rescue, and finally strengthening the implementation of the voluntary solidarity mechanism based on the relocation of 8,000 people from frontline countries and efforts to implement the new Pact on Migration and Asylum. The first pillar aims at boosting coordination with African countries in order to prevent people from leaving the African shores. Not only Libya, but also Tunisia and Egypt are mentioned in the Commission's document. In the second pillar, it targets rescue operations carried out by NGOs by trying to frame their rescue activities. The most disputed part of the plan concerns a specific framework and guidelines for vessels having a particular focus on search and rescue activities, to be promoted within the International Maritime Organization. This probably reflects Italy's call for an NGO Code of Conduct, 
As Matteo Villa Ovispi, the Italian Institute for Studies on International Politics, explains to Radio 24. Here, the Italian government can say it has taken a step forward. But this, it said, is just a working outline. It is just a first step to start a dialogue on something that has been at a standstill for years, on search and rescue operations at sea. Because there is a hint about the possibility of a sort of not-quiet code of conduct for guidelines that those who carry out rescues at sea should be able to follow. But there is basically no content in there, so we don't really know what it will be about in the end. In the end, the main idea seems to be offer extra money for countries that block migration routes to the EU. A position that has the support of all member states, notes Matteo Villa. However, it is much more difficult to find consensus on third and final part of the action plan, which deals with the effective relocation of asylum seekers to EU countries. At the moment, only a voluntary solidarity mechanism is in place, with around 8,000 promises of relocation, of which a few hundred have actually taken place. In a debate with Radio 24, Italian socialist MEP Pietro Bartolo says that Europe should speak with one voice and focus mainly on sharing the responsibility between member states rather than to push migrants away. We did it very well with regards to the war in Ukraine. Without faltering, we gathered more than 5 million people, and hardly anyone noticed. We provided all the tools we had, and I'm proud of this. This is the Europe I want. But when, on the other hand, in front of a few thousand people who turn hostile eye, that is not good. Not at all. Even the proposals that have been made by the Commission. Still today, these proposals certainly do not correspond to our ideas. And the red line is that of a compulsory automatic relocation, as was done in the past legislature, on all member states. But the central Mediterranean is not the only region to come back to the spotlight. Moving eastwards, the so-called Western Balkans route has recorded the largest increase in numbers with an increase in migrant arrivals of 168% in the first 10 months of 2022, compared to the previous year. This is causing alarm in several EU member states, such as in Austria, where the number of asylum applications could reach 100,000 this year, compared to around 40,000 people in 2021. This is why the Commission came with a similar action plan submitted on 6 December at the summit in Tirana. So I welcome to the European Parliament to speak with Lukas Mandel, an MEP from the Austrian People's Party that is at the helm in Vienna. And Austria has taken care of a lot of refugees since 2015 and it's something, it means something. It's also a question of human dignity. Uh, but the roots of the problem are far away and the roots are, again, disinformation, wrong understanding of possibilities and opportunities in Europe because only a very small number of the people who come uh, actually have uh, any title, any right uh, for asylum. One reason for the increased flows is Serbia's visa-free policy, to which many third country nations are heading legally across the borders in order to cross the borders with EU countries irregularly. So we have here uh, some concern with uh, the government of Serbia, 
which has opened a very irrational, even I would say absurd, which uh, has opened visa-free travel to Europe for citizens of countries which do what? Which do not recognize the Republic of Kosovo. Just imagine, without any connection to the content itself, such a harmful decision for not only Serbia, not only the Western Balkans, but for Europe in its entirety is taken by even a European state, which is by far not a member state of the European Union, and it's obviously politically not ready to become one. So we have to address with the Western Balkan states uh, what has worked in the past, uh, at least with most of them, uh, that we need partnership here and uh, we need cooperation. While European Commissioner Ilva Johansson has secured the promise that Serbia will align its visa policy with that of the EU, Austria has decided to go it alone by signing a trilateral agreement with Serbia and Hungary to strengthen border security in the Balkans. Moreover, Vienna is blocking access to the Schengen area of Bulgaria, a country that has been waiting at the gates of the free movement area since 2007. The two issues are actually quite related because no border control is required at the borders of two Schengen countries. The Austrian government fears that these will increase migration flows to Central Europe. I then visited the European Policy Center in Brussels, where migration expert Helena Hahn suggested that the increase in the Western Balkan route could also be due to a temporary effect. Of course, we also have to take into consideration that when winter comes, the temperatures drop. Um, this usually is a reason for people to try once more to seek a place of safety. That, of course, changes when the temperatures rise again. Um, and so for that reason as well, I think what we're seeing now is also in part due to seasonal effects. This is why the Commission came with a similar action plan submitted on 6 December at the summit in Tirana with 20 operational measures for this particular region, which includes six countries aiming to join the European Union in the future. Serbia, Bosnia-Herzegovina, North Macedonia, Albania, Montenegro and Kosovo. When it comes to political cooperation, um, the EU has of course played a part, um, notably when it comes to providing humanitarian aid um, to migrants and refugees in Bosnia. Uh, but there generally a lot of the conversations have been mired um, in the ongoing enlargement talks and this makes for a very different basis um, of negotiations. Brussels wants to strengthen the actions of Frontex, the EU border agency, in joint operations and deployments in these territories, as well as implement readmission agreements with governments of Balkan countries. Several elements of this plan seem to reflect another sign of the outsourcing strategy that the EU has adopted towards migration flows. We have seen efforts by the EU to strengthen cooperation with Western Balkan countries when it comes to, for instance, information and data exchange. And this, of course, feeds into the broader border management approach uh, that we see. So the idea being, of course, that information on people traveling or crossing borders is exchanged and made known at a earlier point in time. I already mentioned Frontex, which is, I think, another example of how countries are trying to, or how EU member states and the EU as a whole and Western Balkan countries are strengthening their cooperation. 
However, preventing people from reaching Europe via the Western Balkans seems to be a very difficult task, even with stricter migration rules. The expert warns. Bearing in mind, of course, that statements made um, sometime after 2015-16 that announced that the Balkan route would be closed. I mean, this has never been a reality. And there, of course, whether it is an individual member state or the EU, that will not necessarily be possible, no matter how many uh, how many investments you try to you try to make. Um, But I think there's there's a sort of the political nature of uh, of cooperation in that region is is different than when it comes to EU cooperation with Northern African countries or uh, transit countries in the Sahel region, for instance. It's clear that radical change is needed. The adoption of the Pact on Migration and Asylum, proposed in September 2020 in all its aspects, remains the main priority for the European Commission and many member states support it. Council and Parliament committed to find an agreement on modifying the entire European policy on migration before the end of this legislature. An ambitious and complicated goal. I'll be back soon, but the next episode will be realized by my French colleague Léa Marchal, who will discuss where we stand with the Green Deal. Thank you.